First and Pod, hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filipponi. Rams and Saints. Saints win 27-20, but neither team's season matters, right? Right. Do you think the national shows today, that people will be listening to this podcast Monday morning on their way to work, hopefully, subscribe, rate, review. Do you think the national shows will call for concussion protocol changes? Stafford last game has one, gets cleared two ga- uh, with two days left before this game, then gets a concussion, leaves in this game today? No. I don't either. I don't. You know who actually... it because it wasn't on national TV and it wasn't like vicious like Tua? Is that why? Well, I think that actually the fact that it wasn't vicious should make it more of an issue because he didn't even have to take a bad hit for the concussion symptoms to come back. It looked like a fairly innocuous play and he was rattled by it and he had to leave, which I actually think makes it worse. Like that something that kind of basic caused him to have a relapse of his symptoms. You know who I actually think can make us a bigger story? I don't know if, if, if I don't follow her, but it seems like Stafford's wife has been really outspoken about this stuff. And if like she comes out and pushes the issue, it'll be interesting if that will be what kind of sets the whole thing in motion because when that play happened and he left the game today, I did not see any of the national, like people that that can really kind of set the narrative and kind of make topics big discussion points. I didn't see anybody latch on to what you just said at yeah, all. And it, 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 it seemed to me like the discussion would be, should it be if you are diagnosed with a concussion, you have to miss one week minimum. Right? Well, he did miss a week. He didn't play last week. Wolford played. Right. But so, like, when you get cleared, but so, so I guess, so like going forward, right? Like, so he gets pulled from this game. Does he have to miss next week? It, it, you know what I mean? Like, it it feels like that's where this might be going with, with these types of things. It, but I'm with you. I, I saw it. I'm like, he was cleared two days ago. Then that innocuous play happens. Then he gets pulled. It just, I think that on top of Tua, on top of, I mean, he's a high-profile player. I don't know, man. I feel like that could be a rule change that happens at the end of this. If it's flipped and they're 7-3 and three instead of 3-7, and seven, I guarantee you it's a much bigger story. I just feel like if the game was on TV. Yeah. Like, right. You know what I mean? Like if, 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 if that game was Romo and Nance... Or, or Thursday night or something like that. Never yeah, watched right. I, I honestly, like, I, I, I think it be, it's a huge story. And listen, maybe we'll be wrong. Maybe, maybe it'll be in the A block, a part of the interruption tomorrow. But It won't be. I, I don't think it will be either. I don't think it will be either. So you said something about Cincinnati over Baltimore. And the reason why, and they, and I watched most of that game today. It was not easy for Baltimore. It was 3-3 for most of that game. Yeah. And they were inept offensively. But once they pulled away late, thanks to a Marcus Peters forced fumble, they set a stat on that broadcast that I think I'd forgotten that reminded me of what that team had accomplished to this point in the season. Did you know that they've had a double-digit lead in every single game? 
No. Every game. And their losses are Miami, Buffalo, New York. Yes. Every game they've led by double digits. Wow. You could make the case, and I know today they didn't really play well, but they still won convincingly. You can make the argument that they haven't played a bad game all year. Yeah. They had one bad quarter against Miami. You could say they had a bad half against Buffalo, second half, even though that was kind of a weather game. And they had like a bad fourth quarter against the Giants. But other than that, they've been a front-running team, or they've just been the better team in every game. This win streak is not particularly impressive. Three points over Cleveland, five points over Tampa, Saints and Panthers. So no, yeah, I mean no. they they only play one more team with a winning record, and that's the Bengals the last week of the season. Right. It's gonna be a tough team to evaluate. Um well, you know what would make that easier? If they won the rest of their games and got the one seed, which could easily happen. You think that they could go 14 and three? Yeah. Jacksonville, I'm just looking at it. At Jacksonville, home against Denver, at Pittsburgh, at Cleveland with Deshaun, home against Atlanta, home against Pittsburgh in Cincinnati. Yeah. Yeah. So is that a what, – what's the best way to, to make money on this? Bet, bet them to be the one seed right now? Well, just bet, you could also just bet their over win total. Just Which is probably at like 10 and a half or 11 and a half or something like that, I would think. I yeah. mean, their defense, now that Roquan Smith is there, you watched him. Their defense has a chance to be really, really good. Wow, they're minus 470 to win the AFC North. Yep. Wow. Um, Ronnie Stanley left that game with an injury, so their left tackle is dinged up again. But they've, man, I mean, they've learned how to play without him. He's been injury plagued the last couple of years like they don't blow me away and I was skeptical of them at the beginning of the year Dan- Danny but they beat the teams that they're supposed to beat and that's pretty much all they have left other than Cincinnati the last week of the season and who knows what the t- who knows what Cincinnati will be playing for when they get there they might just be locked into a wild card spot or something they could mail that game in you yeah, know you're you I mean it's it's not a and I mean they could thir- 13 and four could flirt with the one seed. Yeah. You know, the, even, even with the one loss. So yeah, it's, I just, I, the little I saw of that game and then you read about it afterwards, like needing all of those turnovers to put away a Baker Mayfield led Carolina team. That's one of the sorriest teams in the league. <laughs> There's just not, not much eye test there for, for, for the Ravens today, but sur- survive in advance. They are absolutely uh, still alive. So now we get to, it's not a great day, but okay. In the game between two teams in the division that had hope, had hype, and now I think both coaches should be fired, Broncos and Raiders. Did Josh McDaniels need that win? Or what do you think happens with these coaches here? Going not through? really, because apparently Mark Davis is cash poor <laughs> and can't afford to fire Mar- uh, McDaniels and said this week that he thinks McDaniels is actually doing a really good job. Yeah, well, that's insane. But he is insane. So, you know, I when he says that, I actually expect him to keep his word. So other people might fire Josh McDaniels. You know, I could actually see McDaniels 
I mean, the way he weaseled his way out of Indianapolis, maybe he tries to leave on his own volition. Who knows? I mean, you want to talk about quirky guys. Well, if he does that, he never gets a head coaching job again. Yeah, because Belichick's just going to try to get his son as the next head coach in New England. I mean, he's just, he's not good. Yeah. Well, I always kind of thought he was just going to wait for Belichick to retire and then take that job. But I guess McDaniels probably figures Belichick's got another five years in him or something and is just going to try to get Steve Belichick to be the head coach there. Yeah, but I mean, would you hire Josh McDaniels to coach your NFL team if you're Robert Kraft? No. No. There's he's, He's not impressive. And Nathaniel Hackett, man, I know I said fire him after week one. But that was awfully clairvoyant. He is going to get fired. I can't believe it hasn't happened yet. They haven't scored more than 23 in a game all season. They're the worst red zone offense I've ever seen in my entire life. He's already stripped himself of play calling. Yes, he gave it to, and he already hired somebody else to do game management. So what does he actually do now? What I'm saying. Like, again, 10 games into his head, head coaching career, he hired someone else to do clock management, and he hired a Kubiak. To, to call plays, he's got a quarter of a billion dollar quarterback and he can't score more than 23 points. And he's got Russ Wilson calling out Seattle plays and everybody's like, dude, what are you talking about right now? With a top three defense in the league and the new owners who paid more money for their team than any franchise ever didn't hire him. Like he, he is done. Dead man walking. Do you think they'll just promote the defensive coordinator to head coach? I don't know what they'll do. I mean, I would think that if you're the Walton family and you're certainly not cash poor like Mark Davis. Like you, but that defensive you, coordinator is going to be in big demand. I mean, just huge demand. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I understand. But my guess is that they will think about it. And why don't they just hire? Why don't they just keep the defensive coordinator around and pay him like a head coach? They're the fucking Waltons. Just, yeah get a head coach and then just keep the defensive coordinator for that head coach and pay him, you know, $2 million or whatever to be the defensive coordinator. That's what I would do yep. if I was that rich. Pay him more than that. Yeah. There's no salary cap on coaches. So it's a great market inefficiency if you're willing to do it. But yeah, I, I don't know what they'll do. I mean, I'm sure everyone's list is going to start with Sean Payton, but I wouldn't particularly be interested. Uh, but I just think that, that is that is a fairly obvious spot. Uh, and they could have won the game. They had the clock management thing at the end, too. Just yep. take a sack and the ball and, and, and the clock runs off 40 seconds. And maybe Jacob still breaks it. But, I mean, come on. It was, it was incompetent. Absolutely incompetent. Um, okay. Taylor Heineke named the starter. Washington and Houston here. We know Geno's played his way into a contract. Yep. Is there any chance that Taylor Heineke, winner of a couple of games here, plays his way into being a week one starter next year on an NFL team that drafts a quarterback? Yes. I think that I think you just phrased it exactly right. I think that's the scenario, even it could be in Washington. Yep. Where that happens. Um yeah, I think like his stats never really, if you just look at his numbers, they don't really do much for you. But if you actually watch the highlights from the games, he makes critical throws. He makes big plays when the game's on the line. And I think that's going to keep him afloat as one of these guys, kind of like as a Case Keenum, Ryan Fitzpatrick type. 
So, uh, yeah, I agree with you on that. I saw some of that game today, and I thought to myself, is Houston the type? This is this is just me talking now. If I'm C.J. Stroud, okay, I am telling my agent I'm not. I won't play for the Texans. If I'm one of these top quarterbacks, I don't want to start my career with Lovey Smith, and he's, he's going to get fired. Well, that, okay, but I'm just saying, like they had a like a televangelist running their team up until like six months ago. Their owner is a total kook. Like you got to use your, I would think you got to give yourself the best chance of being a great pro. I would leverage my ass off to not want to go there. Like they are by, like, I don't see any, oh, cab space or whatever draft picks. I don't care. I just don't trust the organization at all. No, it's a terrible organization. Fun city. Uh, diversity, right? Are you saying that because we went to a strip club there together? Is that why you're saying fun city and diversity? Is that what you're basing it on? That is what I'm saying. That is exactly what I'm basing it on. (laughs) Did you not have a fun time that night? I had a great time. I did. Yes, I did. Yeah, Yeah, that was a great time. Uh, Yeah, they're they're the type of team the type of organization that you'd that you do it to but i think because of all the draft picks that they have from the deshaun watson mess like you hire a good coach and you get the number one pick in the draft and you get a good quarterback you know how the nfl is and the afc south not a bad division to go into like not there's not there's not you know you're not getting drafted into the afc west yeah the nfc west like it's not not a, not a terrible path to Get past, you know, Indian Jackson. Yeah, but I care more about the players that are around me and the coaching that I'm going to get. And I just don't. I just, I just don't think it's going to be Lovey. I listen, man. I, I hear you, and I, I'm all for player empowerment. I, I'm actually shocked it doesn't happen more. Yeah. You know, just given how many things, how many times we've seen it happen uh, in in other sports. So, can I just more, say one thing about the Monday night game? Oh yeah, sure. Between Arizona and. Um, and San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, what if Colt McCoy looks good again? Well, that, <laughs> what if Colt McCoy looks good again? Because I think there's a chance there. If something like that were to happen, they, from do. what I've heard, what I, from what I've heard, the GM is set. The GM's not going anywhere. The GM's in with the Bidwells. Kime's not going to get fired. But is there a scenario in which Kingsbury can talk management and talk the owner into trading Murray and like going with McCoy slash rookie quarterback? I mean, I would think no. I would think not, man. You, you you were also the guy like saying that Cooper Rush had a shot over Dak. Like when teams pay these guys huge money, the quarterback okay. gets the job back. It's just okay, but the, the Cowboys did not put a study clause into Dak's contract. There's no, the not owner, the owner said he wanted a quarterback competition. Yeah, but you said that that was drunk Jerry just trying to. It, get it, people like me worked up and it and it was successful. I mean, that's right. But I just I 
Who's trading for Kyler Murray in that contract? What are you giving up? Would you give up one first round pick for Kyler Murray? I wouldn't. Me personally, I would not. Right. But, but I do think he's the type of like raw talent that I feel like there's a team that would be like, let's get him. My offensive mind, my system. Like, here's one for you. Okay. Just a quick aside here. If you gave Mike McDaniel truth serum serum and said you could have Kyler Murray or Tua, I think he'd pick Kyler Murray. The arm strength, the mobility. Yeah, I tend to agree. Those weapons, exactly. I tend to agree with you. So I think that somebody would trade for that contract. Yes. I don't think they'd give up, you know, the Deshaun Watson draft pick package or the Russell Wilson package. I think teams have kind of learned their lesson. But I think somebody would absolutely trade for that deal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that I'd give up a first round pick for it. He he's obviously young. He's obviously talented, but I would not be interested. Would Arthur Smith in Atlanta, who's obsessed with running quarterbacks, do that? He might. I mean, I I'm just, just saying. Draft, just draft someone if you're them. But I mean, I the guy's gonna be a starter in the league for 10 years, right? So he he, he doesn't suck. But I wouldn't want him at that size on that contract. And generally speaking, Dak, Cousins, Russell Wilson, like it, the the quarterbacks who got paid all that money, they they keep their jobs, and it's the coaches that that get fired. But I'll root for the chaos with you. Do you what do you think of the Thanksgiving slate? Because Love it. I think it's the best in years. I was thinking the same thing, man. I think the Detroit win today really helped it out by going into this on a three-game winning streak. I think New England beating the Jets, even though it was super ugly, helped it too. I mean, there's really not a quote-unquote bad team playing on Thanksgiving. And even though the lines are big in the first two games, and that has a chance in both cases to be, you know, blowout games or bad games, I think the anticipation going in for all three is outstanding. I mean, it's a huge Giants game. Like, yes. huge, huge game for the Giants fan base. So, so Cowboys Giants uh, on Thanksgiving in the middle of the day is amazing. And I, I mean, I honestly think the team that has the the least amount to lose on Thanksgiving is Minnesota. Maybe not in terms of like you know media or fan perception, but everybody else I think has a ton to play for. You know, if Detroit were to win, they'd be five and six and it'd be like, all right, it's hard to come up with seven teams in the NFC. Can we get to nine and make it interesting? Can we get to nine and eight and take our chances? You know, Buffalo's trying to keep up with Miami and Kansas City. Dallas is trying to keep up with Philadelphia. The Patriots are trying to make the playoffs. Minnesota's got such an inflated record and the rest of their division is so bad and we don't think they're going to get the one seed, that like they can actually fritter away another game like this, and it really does not make that big of a difference for them. Other than people like us will say they're overrated. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. like Because, yeah, they're not getting the one seed. They, they lost to Philly straight up. So, I mean, yeah, they unless they think the two seed versus the three seed matters. Who's the three seed, though? The NFC West champion? You think the Niners can run them down? 
The Bucks aren't going to do that. Yeah. They're, pr- they're pretty much locked in as the two. Yeah, that's true. Is that right? Is that how, yeah, it's all the division seeds? Yeah. The like, like if yeah, Dallas. The best, yeah, the best the NFC East runner-up can do is the fifth seed. Is the or fifth the, seed. Uh, yeah. That, that, yep. That's right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, also, so which, which teaser leg is going to is gonna lose? Buffalo, Dallas, or New England up? Because right now it's Buffalo minus nine against Detroit. Dallas minus eight and a half. So the most popular teaser of the week is going to be the seven point Bills Cowboys teaser. And then you could do the the Patriots up over three and seven to uh to nine and a half because they're a two point favorite. So if I gave you a three team teaser, Bills minus two, Cowboys uh-huh. minus one and a half, Patriots plus nine and a half for the three team seven point Thanksgiving Day teaser. Which leg loses that game for you? I'll tell you this. It's not the Cowboys. They're going to boat race the Giants. Uh, So you're saying New England's the third leg? Yeah, well, you know how people like to tease tease across three and seven? I think them. So you think think the Vikings have a double-digit win in them? Yeah, I do. Yeah. But I think that's going to be a very popular bet. On, on Thanksgiving, I love I love doing the the parlay across all three games on Thanksgiving. Oh, so do I. I like I can't lie. To you. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I looked at that like five times today. Yeah. You know what else? You know what else is really degenerate? I also looked at doing that for like World Cup games tomorrow morning. Good for you. That's not how bad is that? No, nah, it's a gambling event. It's an. I mean, it's like the dude. Uh, I don't even know if we can say we can say their name right. They're an offshore. They don't advertise. You know about Pinnacle, obviously. Yes. You saw their limit on on World Cup games is five hundred k. I respect the hell out of that man. <laughs> what a book! What an um, offshore establishment. Yeah, I that was is- watching the Qatar Ecuador game at a Waffle House on Sunday. Good. That's a fun sentence. Yeah, that is a fun sentence. Danny, it was great to have you back. We really did miss you. I had to do this by myself on last Sunday, and and Spencer will attest to this. I just flat out, straight up forgot games and had to shoehorn them in last second. (laughs) Listen, I appreciate appreciate, uh, you and Spencer covering. uh, If anyone is still listening, uh, they were excused absences. My my pops passed away. Yeah, we've been thinking about you. Thank you, man. It's been a a very, very hard time for the family, but... um, it's uh, it's good to be back. This is like take therapy, you know. Got to, got to. Is this the first show you've done? Yeah. Well, it's I an do. honor. I think you did great. Well, thank you. I wouldn't even say all things considered. I think like people are going to be surprised and you know saddened and also uh, empathetic to hear you say all this at the end if they did make it this far. I know that some people do get this far into the podcast because Nick was upset with me for last week's show and actually cold called my regular radio show. What did you do? To rip me for stuff. He just went after me for like some chief stuff and Steelers stuff. Yeah. How, who won the, who won the argument? Um, I think I let him win. <laughs> to be honest with you. 
Well, he's our number one fan. Yeah, I don't have the I don't have the gumption really to like go after Nick. Oh well. You know one. that makes one of us. I haven't heard you get into an argument with him in a long time. What are you guys fighting about? Anything? Just who to blame for which bet we lose on a given Sunday. But he's been killing it, man. Did you see that single game parlay he hit in Chiefs Jaguars? I did actually, and I heard him go into painstaking detail about how he hit that parlay, and I was very happy for him. Thirty-two thousand on a what 40, a legend he is on a forty-to-one bet. Guys, just bet an eight hundred dollars on forty-to-one. Yeah, shots. that was actually my biggest <laughs> takeaway from that too. I'm like, what are you doing, man? Living TV. large. TV yep. is what he's doing. <laughs> lots and lots of TV. All right, Danny, uh, we'll talk uh, We'll talk after the Thanksgiving games, okay? All right, man. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Shout you out too. to Nick Wright. Shout out to our producer, Spencer Ray. Subscribe, rate, review. Share this pod with someone who loves football. Every game, every team, every week. It's first and pod.